Hello, uh, I'm Ian. And uh, when I was a kid, I read a lot of Choose Your Own Adventure books. Uh, my friend Chris and I started this podcast, and for a week or two, it was uh, it wasn't very good. Um, and then we invited our pal Mark to play with us, and uh, lo and behold, it turns out that three is the perfect number to read and sort of goof on uh, Choose Your Own Adventure books. Uh, so that's what we're going to do with this podcast is read and goof on these books. Uh, so the first episode, you'll hear us refer to Mark as a guest. You'll also hear Chris... Uh, recording from inside what appears to be a coffin made of aluminum foil and static. That gets better in the very next episode. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy Booze Your Own Adventure. A show that we do when we're drunk. Fuck, I forgot to put anything about drinking. To Booze Your Own Adventure, a podcast where three grown men try to beat a children's game. I'm Ian. I'm Chris. Uh, and with us today is Mark. Uh, now, Mark, we, uh, Chris and I have discussed sort of our, our history, our our past dabblings with uh, Choose Your Own Adventure books. Um, Chris has been very frightened by a skull in an astronaut suit. And I remember uh, reading The Trumpet of Terror uh, when I was when I was a little tiny kid at my grandparents' house, w- what is your sort of history or background with the uh, Choose Your Own Adventure series? Uh, so I don't know if I've uh, read a Choose Your Own Adventure series before, but uh, the whatever the Goosebumps version of that was, I definitely had a couple of those. Oh, yes, yes. Ch- uh, ch- choose your own scare. Yeah, it's I think that's what. Yeah, scare. I think that was it. Yeah, man, There's... that's such a clever pun because like scare sounds so much like the word adventure. It's just, wow. It does. It's almost like. Copyright infringement is so close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man, that's great. We got to get some of those on the show. Is oh, the... 100%. Uh, those those ones were so hard, though. Do you remember? Like, like there was no telling what the right answer was. It was just like, oh, you trusted this guy? Great. He's a lizard monster. He ate your face. Yeah. Uh, Mark, I, I'm going to go ahead and sort of uh, lower your expectations real quick. There's no logic to any of these books. Uh, they're, meant for, they're meant for you to fail so that you read them like 25 times. Oh, because they get paid like Burr advertising impression. Got it. Uh-huh. Every, t- every, <laughs> every time a child cracks open this book, they get a fifth of a cent. So they need those unique well, so, views. Well, so there's a there's you say that, but there's this in the warning page. It says, remember, you cannot go back. So clearly you're not allowed to read the book more than one time through. Or you just have to throw it away. Right. You, you, you died. You lost. Well, I want to I, I want to think that that warning plays on like uh, children's sense of bucking the authority, you know, saying like, fuck you. I'm going to put my finger uh, in this spot. You know, I'll I'll go back. I'll travel back in time. Yeah. I feel like they outsmarted the system by doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. they really they really got ahead of it. It's a major part of the choose your own adventure experience, I would say. Holding your place on a on a choice you think is going to end in your death. Yeah. Going back in time, you know, turning <laughs> yeah. back the clock. But God forbid you went down one of those, uh, both of these choices, like you're already on a dead end, you don't know it yet, you know? Oh, then, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. You, you don't have two fingers. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have two fingers. That's a, That checks. Uh, listeners, for those of you at home who don't know, Mark's actually a penguin. Uh, yeah, he doesn't have any fingers. He doesn't have any fingers. He's just got the one flipper and then the other flipper, so... Yeah, I need, I need each of those flippers to flip the pages, so I can't really do a lot of backtracking. Because they're flippers. Yeah, there you go. Ha <laughs> ha. 
Yeah, this week we are reading Your Code Name is Jonah. Choose Your Own Adventure, book number six by Mr. Edward Packard. And we the first book we read was by Edward Packard. Uh, it just happened to probably be like a sequel to another book that we didn't read. Because <laughs> it started out by telling us that like, oh, you're back at it again. Cave of time. I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck that is, Edward Packard. I really like the idea that all of these books happen to one child. <laughs> it's like, fuck. I, oh, oh, man. Just escaped the clutches. Guys, I have to go to third grade at some point. Is that guy have a, a pistol and an assault rifle? That's correct. Okay, this is going to be so good. Uh, you remember how in Goldeneye you could carry just like all the weapons? Yeah. This guy's, this guy's a real Goldeneye over here. That, that's Goldeneye right there. That's him. Yeah, bottom left corner is uh, Humpty Dumpty. He's the villain. Right. Ben- Benjamin Franklin in the background. This looks very good. I'm very excited about this. Yeah. The critics speak. Sometimes you get attacked by sharks and squid. I went down to Atlantis five times. Sebastian Stanky, <laughs> age 10. Wait, it does start by saying the critics speak. <laughs> it gives you... And then give you a bunch of 10-year-olds. <laughs> it was great fun. I liked the idea of making my own decisions. Like, I used to like it, and then I got attacked by a shark. Yeah, childhood innocence, right? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Anthony Zaccardi, age 11, really got boned here because he wrote a letter that was, it was great fun. I liked the idea of making my own decisions, but I died a hundred times and now I don't trust myself to make decisions anymore. Yeah. I liked the idea of it. Yeah. They cut out all the part where he's like, now I can't, I look over my shoulder whenever I enter a room. I, I don't sleep well, like I'm on pills. Yeah. Maybe he joins a cult because he just gets tired of making his own decisions. Yeah, he, he, he can't trust himself to make his own decisions. So he yeah. looks to someone else. Yeah, Father Templeton of the Sun Cult. All right, so uh, this week's story begins. Warning, do not read this book straight through from beginning to end. These pages contain many different adventures you can have while working as a secret agent. From time to time, as you read along, you will be asked to make a choice. Your choice may lead to success or disaster. We've already been a spy master. Wait. And now we're a secret agent. Oh, God, yeah, we were a spy master in Escape. Who put yeah. the 14, seven-year-old in charge of all the spies? Jesus Christ. The adventures you take are a result of your choice. You are responsible because you choose. After you make your choice, follow the instructions to see what happens to you next. Uh, oh man, are we the guy with this turtleneck? Of course we're the guy with the turtleneck. We're, the, we're, we're Two Guns Johnson, the guy with the turtleneck. Okay, so we're not seven in this one. Good to know. Yeah, uh, well, we're still seven playing that guy. Right. We're a seven-year-old in a person suit that is Two Guns Johnson. <laughs> it's those kids from Little Rascals when they get on top of each other's shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. And then one of them picks up an AK and the other one picks up a handgun. That's why he was carrying the two guns. Six levels below the White House lawn in Annex U36, you lean back in the big red leather chair in the office of J.J. Aubard, director of the Special Intelligence Group. Uh, have you ever heard the sounds of the humpback whales? Aubard asks you. They're like... Organ music, beautiful and eerie. <clears throat> okay, I gotta pick a really cool spy voice. Yeah, don't fuck this up. We're stuck with it for the whole book. Yeah, you have one attempt at this. We are we are not here to workshop spy voices. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're stuck with it. You gotta commit now. Yeah, good luck. Yep, that's that. Yeah, well, hey, uh, other people do multiple <laughs> takes. I stick to the voice. So here we go. Aubard picks up a letter from his desk. From Dr. Claude Dumont in Boston to the President of the United States. Dear Mr. President, 
While tracking humpback whales near Bermuda last month, we recorded whale songs of a type we have never heard before. The whales have a secret, and the new whale song is the key. <laughs> we are analyzing it with our computers. The whales what? have a secret. How do we know this? And we jumped, what? we jumped right to whale song being the key. Yes, yeah, so quick. And all, but just like, what do we think that they're hiding, and why? Uh, here's here's what it is, Mark. I think they're hiding generations of sort of turning a blind eye uh, and complicity to sexual violence committed by powerful men against uh, sort of women that don't have agency uh, in, 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 in organizations like politics and entertainment. And I think the whales are finally uh, getting woke, I think is what it is. I think the whales are finally uh, sort of, uh, they're, they're done with it. They're, they're outing, wait for it, Harvey Whalestein. There it okay, is. yeah, not bad, not bad. All right, all right. If Dumont is correct, Obert says, it's important for us to learn the meaning of the new whale song before anyone else does. For one thing, it will help us to find where these whales go when they disappear. <gasps> where did... What? No, go ahead, Chris, please. Hit us with that. What do you mean, you ask? <laughs> Aubrey chews on his pipe before explaining. At a time when there should be lots of humpback whales off Greenland, where they migrate to in the summer, they seem to disappear completely. Since they can only stay underwater for 30 minutes, we have a mystery! Where do they go? Do you want me to go up to Boston and talk to Dumont? You ask. Dumont has been missing for 36 hours. We believe he has been kidnapped by KGB agents led by someone known as Double Eye. Robert, that's just because most of, people, be, right? Like two eyes. Of his clutch, yeah, <laughs> because of his clutch whale knowledge. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, thing A, he was abducted for his good ass whale knowledge. Thing B, a spy is going by the name Two Eyes. Yeah. Right. It's his most distinctive trait. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and like, how would you identify two eyes in a crowd? Be hard, right? Yeah. He's got, oh, fuck, everybody does. Except in the land of the blind, in which case the two-eyed man would be really obvious. Oh, so he chose this name for like maximum identity protection. Like, you have to call yourself something, but don't leak yeah. anything about yourself. Yeah. Pretty smart. My secret name is Hands. I've got him. That's like four words, man. I'm not saying that every time on the radio. Uh, just, just call me Agent Person. Yeah. My, my spy name is Chuck Woolery. No one will find me. Aubert pushes a folder across the desk. You pick it up and read a report of how, the day before last, Dumont met with Professor Hans Klein. Oh boy, I wonder what his nationality is. Who agreed to help prepare the computer program that would be used in studying the new whale song. After the meeting, Dumont told Klein he was going straight home. He never made it. We've booked you on the next plane to Boston. Oh, this is an adventure in Boston. A helicopter is waiting to take you to the airport. Find Dumont. Find the whale song tape. Your mission is top priority, and your code name is Jonah. Papa. <laughs> There's the title of the book. Chris, you sound like John Wayne and Bill Cosby had a child, and it was British, and they raised it in Britain. I think I started off as old, and then I kind of went towards Sean Connery, and then I lost it yeah. entirely. You got it. You got you got sticky mouth going on, and it's a real Bill Cosby sticky mouth on some of these syllables. Uh, yeah, rut row. 
I love it. It's great. You're not Bill Cosby. Well, a lot of people didn't like Bill Cosby's sticky mouth. You're Professor <laughs> Too soon? Too soon. I think it's too soon. Probably too soon. An hour and 20 minutes later, your 727 Stratojet touches down at Logan International Airport in Boston. I thought that was a helicopter. It was. And yeah. Then you, you took the helicopter <laughs> to an airport. Yeah, that's a jet. I just looked it up. That's an aeroplane. Okay. It's not a helicopter. So, Ed. Well, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it says a helicopter's waiting to take you to the airport. So it's just. Oh. It didn't have enough fuel to make it to Boston. You know how it goes. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. Because I was really concerned that there was continuity errors on the same page. Yeah, I was like, man, Edward Packard is just doing this shit in one take, which is very impressive yeah. for books, I guess. No, it turns out every sentence is a piece of the puzzle. Guys. That's that's a way better idea for a podcast. Let's drink and write one of these books over the course of like a night. Come oh on. man, uh, speed speed write a choose your own adventure. I don't know if that'd be a good podcast, but that sounds like a great idea for like a hangout slash party. Chris, take us back into the world of mystery and intrigue and Boston and Boston. <laughs> Logan International Airport in Boston. You know that Dr. Hans Klein is a key man in the case. Perhaps you should see him first. On the other hand, the scientists at the Center for Marine Studies surely have been following Dumont's work closely. There's a good chance they have important information about the humpback whales. If you so, do we visit Dr. Hans Klein or the Center for Marine Studies? What do you think, Mark? So one of them, one of them sounds really boring, which is the one where you just talk to someone about whales. Let's visit Hans Klein. Yeah, I agree. I think we should visit Hans Klein. Dr. Klein receives you at his ivy-covered brick house overlooking the Charles River in Cambridge. After checking your identity, he invites you into his study. Our disguise worked. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his name is Dr. Hans Klein, and he is a scientist. Dumont was on the verge of a great discovery, he exclaims. <laughs> as soon you are both seated. We were using my computer. No, we were using my computer to analyze the new whale song, but I can't do it without Dumont. I'll be glad to play the tape for you. The phone rings before you have a chance to reply. Klein answers it. Oh, the narrator is German now. <laughs> the phone. Just bad. The phone rings. The phone. Uh, Klein answers it and beckons you over. It's Mr. Arbud calling from Washington. Sorry. Uh, oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you, you made this bed. I sure did. Sorry to bother you, Aubrey says, but this may be important. A Cessna 323 executive jet landed in Halifax. There's that Cosby. Landed in Halifax an hour ago. On board was a KGB agent named Anton Rudnitska, who was posing as a businessman. He has been tracking Dumont, and we have been following him. He was met at the Halifax airport and driven to a seaside farmhouse. There's a motorboat anchored in the cove nearby. We're pretty sure that Rudinitska plans to use it to get to a Russian submarine. You may want to go up there right away. This may lead us to Dumont. You can catch the afternoon plane if you hurry. If you stay and ask Klein to play the whale song tapes, turn to page seven. If you take the first plane to Halifax to track down the Russian, do a thing. If you go to the Boston FBI to check out the files on Dr. Claude Dumont, you dweeb, turn to another page. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, I want to, I really would like to see if they have kind of spelled out whale song and Chris has to do it out loud. <laughs> that's, that's the only thing pulling me towards page seven. I think we got to go to Alaska? Nova Scotia. I think we got to go to Nova Scotia. Halif that's not that far. Halifax? Yeah. 
That's not that far from Boston. We'll, we'll just take our uh, helicopter over to the airplane, and we'll be there in no time. Yeah, helicopter back to the airport. You promptly take leave of Klein, hail a cab, ugh, and head for the airport. It will be dark when you reach Halifax. You'll have to stay overnight in a hotel, rent a car, and head out to the farmhouse in the morning. Wow. So much for being quick. I know, right? Yeah. We could have listened to that whale song. How long does that fucking take? We could have taken the tape in our car, right? Yeah, and like sort of jammed on it all the way, all the way to Halifax. Come on, Johnny Two Guns. You're killing us here. A few hours later, you land at Halifax Airport, pick up your baggage, and walk outside into the cold, misty night. Uh, it's nice, it's cold and misty. It's cold. As you wait for a cab to take you to the Lord Dunbar Hotel, a black Ford drives up. A well-tailored young woman steps out and walks up to you. Okay, alright. Put a pause button on it. This is for 7 to 14 year olds. What do you think well-tailored really means? Uh, hmm. Probably a nice coat from Macy's. Uh, but it, uh, like a, a rain jacket. Because it is misty out. Uh-huh, it is misty out, yeah. Mark... Well, so the woman herself is well-tailored? Yep, well-tailored young woman. Uh, the woman's name is well-tailored. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, maybe she's whale-tailored, and oh, she's fuck. like defeated all this. Oh, no, she's the, she's the go-between. Okay, where's the page where we stuff her in the trunk? <laughs> Make her show us well the, where the whales are. Look, you take clues, you put them in the trunk, that's the move. Where's the, like, you think you know what it is, uh, open the clue envelope to find out if you won. <laughs> yeah, just start yelling things at Pat Sajak. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's called 20 questions. I can ask you if I'm right. That's a question. Uh, okay, so I gotta come up with a different lady voice than Southern Belle. Why not? Have we read a lady yet? No, no, not yet. Do you, or do you just always go to Southern Belle? I always go to Southern Belle. Uh... All right, here we and go. they're not going to put they're not going to put more than one woman character in this book. Oh yeah, guaranteed. It was like what was it? What was it written like? Nineteen eighty two. Oh, so uh, reading ahead a little bit, it looks like she might be Canadian affiliated, so that might help you. Yeah, but from Nova Scotia, so mm. mm-hmm. give us your regional Canadian, Chris. Yeah, Chris. Southeast, <laughs> southeastern. <laughs> well tailored. Well tailored well southeastern Canadian. Here we go. Southeastern Canadian aristocracy is what we're looking for here. She might also be a cetacean. Jonna. She gestures with her hand, indicating that she wants you to get inside the car. She's a transplant from Minnesota. Yeah, okay. You also make it sound like she's very uncomfortable with the English language. (laughs) Jonna. Aubrey must have gotten in touch with the Canadian intelligence office and asked them to provide you with assistance. As you step forward to get in the car, you exchange glances with the driver, a heavy-set man with a cap pulled down over his forehead. The woman knows your code name, so you have no reason to doubt that she's on your side. Yet for some reason, you feel suspicious. Maybe you're just getting jumpy from being in this business so long. <laughs> you know, you asked me 15 years ago, I would have said, Wales, no problem. But, uh, but now, God, I'm just getting, getting too jumpy for this shit. I'm getting too jumpy for this shit. Uh, if you get in the car... Turn to page 24. If you decide to step back and ask a few questions, turn to page 25. Hey, Mark, what was the code name of that one Russian spy? Uh, Rosebud. Wasn't it Double Eyes? Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Double Eyes. So, so, like, you know how we know Russian spy code names? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably, do you think Russians know American spy code names? But weren't we just given this name, like, 10 minutes ago? Uh, we were given it in, like, a different country, like, 48 hours ago. Oh, I guess that's true. For me, it's like if the omniscient narrator of the book is telling me that this you seems feel suspicious. suspicious. Yeah, then like yeah. what? 
How could I ignore that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say let's step back. All we have to do is ask a question like, hey, are you a Russian spy? And they, ha- they have to answer. Otherwise, it's entrapment. Yeah, it's you entrapment. have to answer. That's right. Yeah. Uh, 25? Yeah, good choice, guys. You step back and study the woman closely. Out of the corner of your eye, you notice a man in a black raincoat approaching. You whirl and run towards the entrance of the airport, then dash for a taxi and jump in. I hate black raincoats! Take me to the Lord Dunbar Hotel! <laughs> you tell the driver. I just want that character to have a seduction scene. That's the part <laughs> I'm looking forward to. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of picked a, that voice hoping that there was some sort of romance. So we'll see how it goes. I'm going to fall into your deep blue eyes. He accelerates down the airport access road while you watch out the rear window. The Ford is following. Can you shake that car behind us? You ask. I don't know, but I'll give it a try. I've always liked a good race. Like the whites, he says at the end of that. (laughs) He accelerates, then makes a screaming turn, doubling back on a side road. If we can cross McMurdy Ave- McCurdy Avenue before the light changes, they'll never get us unless they run a red light. Yeah, <laughs> that'll stop them. The red lights in Canada are actually like electric fences. You glance at the speedometer. It's quivering at 65 miles per hour. There's your seduction scene. The light is changing. <laughs> McCurdy Avenue is about 100 yards away. Now the light is yellow. A car ahead of you is breaking to a stop. You don't see how your driver can make the crossing. But that may be your only chance. Do we tell him to gun it, or do we tell him to break? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, 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 no. We gun it, 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 gun it. Double gun it. Okay. Yeah, double two guns. Yeah. What are we? Also, oh, double gun it. That's our whole thing. That's yeah. we got to. <laughs> Beat the lie! You shout. The driver steps on the gas, racing through the intersection against the red light. You see a huge gray truck bearing down. It tries to swerve. Watch it! You shout. <laughs> the driver turns sharply. The truck roars by, catching the back of your car and sending it into a terrifying spin. You double up on the floor. Oh, fuck. In the instant before blacking out, you are flung wildly against the front seat. God damn it. The moment Wait, I double up on the floor? Oh, uh, yeah, well we d- like, we double. That's our thing. I get I get two floors? Is that Yeah, you Is there some other double, meaning to that? No, no, you double upon the floor. You split in half and uh, duplicate yourself. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, we're we're budding. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's super gross looking, it's disgusting. Uh, the moment you wake up, you know you're in the hospital, and that you've been here for quite a while, because J.J. Aubert is looking down at you. Your cab driver is standing next to him, his arm in a sling and a bandage around his head. Sorry, Jonah, it looks like you're out of the operation. Now he sounds like Peppy Hare from Star Fox. That's not what Peppy Hare sounds like. <laughs> your, your father saved me like that once, too, Yeah, huh? see, that's a Peppy Hare. If we hear that audio again, people will be like, which one was Chris? Because they were both Chris. I was both Chris. By the way, you haven't been introduced to your cab driver, Anton Rudnitska. He's really working for us, Albert says. Thank the Lord. He waves goodbye and beckons Rudnitska to come with him. You realize you need a lot more rest, and in a few minutes you are asleep, listening in a dream to the haunting songs of Humpback Whales. The end. We won! I mean, yeah, we ended up alive. It seems like the mission got done. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what, so what the issue is. Like, we're still missing a science doctor, but who cares? So where we went wrong, obviously, we chose the path of courage, and that yeah. should always work. But I guess if these yeah. books are tailored for children, they can't encourage running red lights? Is that- I think, yeah, as much as, as much as they want you to be brave, it's, these are also morality tales, I think, or being mm. sort of 
forced to convey, you know, forced to conform to a, 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 a standard of, of right and wrong. Hmm. So what page was that car chase on? Because we should probably break it. OK, so, yeah, we uh, do a little rewind here in time. Break, you yell. The driver breaks and swerves. The car careens to a stop against an embankment. The front right fender crumples against a rock outcropping. You glance back and see the Ford barreling over a concrete wall. Seconds later, it explodes with a roar in the ravine below. Jeez. Whoa. Th- Nailed it. <laughs> that, that could have been us. You thank your driver for his work. Strangely, he just smiles and says, Anytime. Early the next morning, after a few hours sleep at the Lord Dunbar Hotel, you rent a car and drive out to the farmhouse. Which farmhouse? What farmhouse? <clears throat> the farmhouse. The one okay. that's in this city. The, the 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 Halifax farmhouse. You park off the road a quarter from a, you park off the road a quarter of a mile from the farmhouse and cut through the scrub woods until you find a place from which you can observe without being seen. Two approaches seem no, possible. I don't want your number. No, I'm not gonna give you mine. And no, I don't. I don't want none of your time. No, no. I don't I want don't no scrubs. Want no scrubs. Scrub is a gang and no love. From, no yeah. love from me. Oh, okay, who's doing the 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 top and who's doing the bottom here? Hey, hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride, trying, trying to, to hide me. me. I was doing the top. <laughs> Which is? <laughs> wait a second. Is TLC like a barbershop quartet where they have like? Yeah, they have a, a like bass, a, uh, a soprano, uh, an alto, and all those other various music words. But there's yeah. one that just is like bo 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 bo. That was Tracy. Tracy TLC. Oh, yeah. Tracy for the T. That's where the T comes from. That's right. Tracy, Luann. I don't want no scrub. <laughs> Old man <laughs> scrub. Two approaches seem possible. An attic window is open. With your Mark 3K, oh, that's you, Mark, uh, harpoon gun, you can shoot a line inside. Then you can climb up the wall and into the attic and eavesdrop on everything going in the, on in the house. Another option is to knock on the front door and pretend you're one of their own agents. Do you enter through the attic or bluff your way in? Wait, okay, so this is a f- the farmhouse. Yes. And, and it is full of the Russians that are waiting to take the boat when the storm dies down? Presumably. The, can, the Canadians, maybe? Aren't we still in Canada? Why do, we th- why do we think this is a Russian farmhouse? I missed that. I, don't, I miss the farmhouse. Chris, can you, reca- can you recap for us, Chris? Yeah, yeah, no, this is, this is the, 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 the farmhouse in Halifax. It's where the uh, Russian boys are, maybe. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Uh, I don't know. I think in a spy scenario, it's probably in our best interest to be sneaky. That's just my two cents. You shoot the rope up the attic window. The grapple hooks onto the windowsill. (laughs) You pull yourself up on the side of the house, hand over hand. You can hear voices from downstairs. First voice. Yes, I just talked to them. They said Dumont wouldn't talk. They've pretty much given up trying to get anything out of him. Second voice. Did they feel he knows the secret of the whales? <laughs> That's the best sentence in this whole book. <laughs> did, did did they feel he knows the secret of the whales? That like, is a TLC song. Oh my god. It's got to be a metaphor. It's got to be like some sort of sexual burgeoning like romance kind of like did they feel right very sensual word mm-hmm. uh wow in that moment he knew the turgid secret of the whales 
<laughs> he could feel he could feel the throbbing secret of the whales <laughs> pressed against the small of his back. First voice, y- yes, but he can't be forced to tell. He has to be tricked into telling, but it won't matter once we get the tape out to the Volga at dusk from Gailey Point Lighthouse in Provincetown tonight. You've heard all you need to. You need to get safely away and intercept that tape. Three hours later, you're walking through the dunes at Provincetown. You make your way to the beach and walk along it until you spot the trail leading up through the dunes to the barn. You've only been there a few minutes when you see three men carrying the raft down to the water. They launch it through the surf and begin to paddle through the reef. You assemble your RR-13 rifle. (laughs) We're going to murder some people. One shot through the rubber raft would send it and the stolen whale song tape to the bottom. The agents could swim to shore. It would be a satisfactory result. On the other hand, there is a Marlin 475 horsepower 26-foot cruiser tied up to the dock. You could take it, capture the spies, and retrieve the tape with a little luck. Decision point. Sink the raft or take the boat. Now, why is he so averse to killing these people? They've stolen the secret of the whales. Right. And also, I mean, they're Russians, which, uh, you know, five years ago, I think we would have all been like, oh, no, that's not a thing anymore. But now we're all worried about that again. Yeah, that's a thing again. Mark, what do you think? I mean, neither of these options end with neither of them are like you just sort of pick them off at a distance, killing them in their floating raft and then sink the raft and their corpses to the bottom of the ocean. Well, I mean, so look, I'm, I'm metagaming here, but one of these things is like, oh, that's an OK outcome. And then the adventure's over. Obviously, that's not going to be how to get the the correct ending for the book, right? It's like you, a good you go for gold. Yeah, we do want a little bit of luck. We want a little bit of luck with our maneuvers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm down. All right. You run along through the dunes, keeping as low as possible. A bullet whistles by your ear, then another. Now you're out of range, running to the dock. Your SIG training has taught you how to start the engine of any car or boat without a key within 30 seconds. <laughs> That's exactly the kind of thing a kid would say. It's like, I can start the engine of any car or boat without a key in 30 seconds. It's like, all right, but the time thing, that feels like a child's edition. A moment later, you have the engine started, and you're accelerating, setting a course to intercept the raft. You hear gunfire and you keep your head down. You'll be out of range in a moment. You gun the engine and run the boat at high speed towards the raft. At the last moment, you veer off and throw the engine into full reverse, setting up waves that overturn the raft. You bring your boat alongside and let the survivors up one by one, stripping them of their weapons as they come aboard. (laughs) One of them hauls up a waterproof case, which you hope contains the whale song tape. You make them lie down on the dock and face your boat and head your boat out to sea. Your plan is to round Gailey Point and put in at the naval base in Boston, about a 60-mile trip. First of all, you ho- the, uh, the Whale Song Tape, that's definitely the album title, right? Of course, yeah. And let's, can we, can we all visualize the sort of like James Bond Jr. cartoon maneuver that he just did, where he moved his boat so fast that it made a wave that capsized their raft? Yeah. Nobody's dead. I was kind of assuming it was like he, uh, yeah, just like drifted the boat and then that led to the other boat capsizing. It's like when a bully at a ski lodge turns his ski sideways and splashes you with snow. Yes, it was that exact maneuver, but like in a boat. Uh, on a bigger scale. Yeah. Well, yeah. and also like it's like the bully splashes snow on you and it causes your skis to flip upside down. Yeah, and then you lose your gun and also your whale song briefcase. Yeah, it's like that classic maneuver. <laughs> You have a rough time trying to steer, consult your chart, and watch your prisoners at the same time while your boat pitches and rolls in the lumpy sea. The lumpy sea. I know. I was just like, did he he just get tired of writing? Was he like, nah, (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm not gonna edit this. Yeah. Come on. That's, that's a that's such a Mad Libs adjective, right? It definitely is. We need an adjective that describes something that might be difficult to navigate. I don't know, lumpy, like lumpy. Cir- circuitous. Yeah. Uh, turgid. Dick. Veiny. Suddenly, the waves break in front of you. Something is rising out of the water ahead of you. It's a submarine. You reverse engines. The 20 millimeter gun mounted on the sub rotates until it's pointed directly at you. Get up in the bow or we will blow you out of the water. A voice calls in halting English. Chris, you want to take that one again with the word <laughs> bow? Yeah. Oh, no, it's he would say bow because he's Russian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got halting English. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just because there, there's a giant uh, ribbon uh, tied in a pretty formation on the yeah, top. Yeah, it, it was an Enterprise rent-a-boat, uh, so it had the big <laughs> r- ribbon on the top of it. Uh, we'll pick you up. Uh, if you follow the instructions, turn to page 83. If you pursue the only possible escape route by diving into the cabin and then running your boat directly towards the shore, turn to another page. My vote is to escape. We can't fuck these Russians. We got their whale song tape. Fuck them. You veer off towards the shore and throw the throttle on full. You crouch low, keeping your head only high enough to see where you're going as a hail of heavy caliber bullets rips into the boat. By a miracle, you haven't been hit, but the engine is on fire. Well, it got that way from all of your radical driving. Yeah, probably. It was just so awesome it caught on fire. The enemy agents are nowhere to be seen. They must have jumped overboard or been shot with the bullets. Yeah, they probably were shot and then fell overboard because their limp bodies couldn't hold on. Now the whole stern is in flames. You run forward and dive off the bow. 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 You're, you speak fluent English. Uh, you swim underwater as fast as you can. Then you hear a muffled sound and feel the shockwave of an explosion. As you surface, you see that the whole stern of the boat must have been blown off, for there is nothing visible but the fast disappearing bow. Bow. <laughs> now a bow is good. It's like the boat's wearing a little bow tie. Yeah, I like it, actually. It's growing on me. Yeah, it's very cute. Yeah. You start swimming for sure. It's still quite a distance, but the sea is fairly calm. Oh, no, Mark, it's growing on you, but it's gone, bud. Sorry. That bow's at the bottom of the ocean. Bye, Bo. Bye, Bo. You think you can make it as long as you don't panic. There is something bobbing in the water a little further out from shore than you are. It looks like a small a cor- rubber raft uh, that clearly must have been corpse. blown clear in the explosion. It's a corpse. It's clearly within swimming distance, yet once you reach it, the wind and current may carry you out to sea. That's uh, it's a corpse. So you swim for the raft, or you just swim for the beach? Decision point. I mean, is there any chance that it's the whale song tapes? Because if not, why do we care about it? Yeah, because we need those. Well, we want those whale song tapes uh, just out of the hands of the Russians. Don't we have to? We have to go get the whale song tapes, right? Yeah, we should probably go to that raft. See if it's got the whale song tapes. All right, swimming to the raft. It could be okay. It's either an album title or it's like an indie horror game. It's like the Princess Diaries. No, I think, I think the Whale Song Tapes is definitely an album. It takes you only a few minutes to reach the raft, but just as you're about to grab hold, a puff of wind blows it out of reach. You swim as fast as you can, but you're tiring rapidly. Finally, with your last ounce of strength, you reach up and grasp the rubber rim. Yeah! Rubber rim, rubber rim. <laughs> you heave yourself aboard <laughs> and sit shivering in the freshening breeze. In Shivering in the freshening breeze. Track two. <laughs> Track two on the whale song tapes. Shivering in the freshening breeze. This is a fucking good album. Instantly, you realize that all chance of getting ashore is gone. The new wind is blowing off the shore and will rapidly take you out to sea. Your chance of being rescued before daybreak is slim indeed. And if the wind continues to increase, your raft may capsize in the mounting seas. Time out. 
I predict yeah. we're going to be rescued by whales. I just want to throw that out there. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah, yes. Duh. And we have the whale song tape. And we play it for them. And they're like, dude, you know our jams. And we're like, yeah, welcome welcome aboard. You guys form a band. And it's like Jabberjaw. You curl up and lie still, trying to conserve as much strength and warmth as possible. Resting your head against the rim of your raft, you do that thing that everyone recommends you do when you're very wet and cold and doze off to sleep. It seems only a moment has passed when you're awakened by the strange and beautiful sounds of the humpback whales. <laughs> Called it. Startled, you sit bolt upright. Two of the whales lie on the surface and wave their huge white flippers in the air. They seem to be waving at you. Oh, yeah, prob- they're probably not. They're probably they're not. probably just they're whales. Probably yeah, they're signaling to each other. That they have found food. Yeah, they're like, eat this fucking guy. You are so awed by the display that you fail to notice the tall two-masted sailing ship, a trim schooner under full sail, bearing down on you until you hear its sheets running and canvas flapping in the wind as it turns sharply and coasts towards you. All right, I don't want to overuse this joke, but a trim schooner under full sail is track number three. A trim schooner under full sail. It's a very unwieldy. Some part of that needs to be in parentheses. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the song is a trim schooner. Yeah. Yes. In parentheses, under full sail. Yes, mm-hmm. correct. Yeah, yeah, very good. This is very good. We're, uh, we're coming alongside, a voice shouts. Suddenly the whales have sounded, and you watch with amazement as the, schooners, as the schooner eases gently alongside your raft and a crewman lowers a line with a life ring. As soon as you get a grip on it, they haul you aboard. Thanks a million for finding me, you tell the captain a moment later. <laughs> The whales found you for us, he replies modestly. Then I'll thank them too, you reply, and you resolve to find a way to do that, even if it means giving up your career as a spy. The end. What did, did we lose? Uh, we lost the point and became instead, I think, dangerously infatuated with humpback whales. Is it a victory? Is it a loss? Who can say? Yeah, I mean, I, you're not dead, so... It's not a bad ending. I never found out what the whale secret was. So I, I, that, that can't yeah. be the best ending, right? God, I can't go to sleep not knowing what the secret of the whales is. Yeah. And here's, here's, my, here's my complaint. Fucking uh, Sebastian Stanley, age 10, told me that sometimes you get attacked by sharks and squid. And that he went down to Atlantis five times. Five times. We didn't go and- once. We didn't, we, we have lived the rest of our lives thinking that Atlantis is a myth and we're just sort of like weirdly horny for humpback whales. Not the most satisfying outcome. No, it could have been better. Could have been better. So we found our way to an ending and that ending was not death, which is unique. I think a lot of times um, these books end with child death and, and I, I want to congratulate all three of us on not being murdered, um, which is good. Didn't do our job. No, we really just cost the government a lot of money to fly us around the world uh, so that yeah. we could join a whaling boat. Yeah, somebody paid for that harpoon gun. We did that really sweet uh, boat maneuver, though. That was pretty clutch. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. Sort of paying it forward. All those years of training how to use aggressive boat skills, like, uh, finally has come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say I learned how to flip rafts with a boat. That's what I, that was my yeah. takeaway. Yeah, we did not find Atlantis. We did not encounter any sharks. There was a lot of ocean-based sort of hijinks that we did not get into. Maybe we should have, you know, maybe where we went wrong was we should have listened to those fucking whale song tapes right out of the gate. And just been like, the maybe the whales had the answer the whole time. And that was it. We oh, yeah, we, we should have done yeah. that. You don't know if you don't speak whale. How do you know you don't speak whale until you listen? Exactly. Fuck. 
uh, I learned that we are, uh, we apparently we were never passionate about anything until we discovered whales. Mm. We found meaning in our lives. Like it, it wasn't what we set out for, but it's what we needed. Yeah. And so maybe the takeaway is like, you know, things might get worse for a minute. And then at that, at that lowest point, at that nadir of your sort of experience, you know, whales will come to you and then you can love whales. When things get tough, whales will come. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're lucky, then they'll find you. <laughs> Am I right? Because whales can only ejaculate when there's strife. Oh, boy. That classic reference. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Mark. That's awesome. And thanks for, for uh, yeah, thanks for working on, yeah, thanks for doing it with us. This is a lot of fun. And we learned a little bit about whales. We learned a little bit about ourselves, also. That we're secretly whale lovers. Yeah, I think I secretly love whales. They're so fucking majestic. Chris, can you oblige? Yes. Three, two, one. Paper. Paper. Oh, come on. Shit, we okay. gotta do it again. Three, <laughs> two, okay. one. Paper. Paper. <laughs> <laughs>